Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. Oracle Marketing Cloud helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. And by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. Now, here are your hosts, Jeffrey L. Cohen, Director of Content Strategy at Oracle Marketing Cloud. And from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Welcome to another episode of Content Pros Podcast. Thank you so much to everyone for joining us again here. I've got Jeff Cohen with me as always from Oracle Marketing Cloud. And today I'm really excited to bring on Dave Rigotti in a bit. Dave works at a company called Visible. Full disclosure, we're a customer of theirs. And I think what they're doing is so important to how we think about attribution and content. Um, and we'll dig into... a not so much. I'm not going to let him do a full product pitch, but you know what they do and how he's approaching content. Naturally, he's going to talk about how do we start to understand ROI. And you know, talking about ROI, Jeff, maybe you can start us off with an interesting stat around ROI because I know you've been running a lot about this of late. That's right, Randy. So th- thanks again. Great to be here, co-hosting Content Pros with you. And as usual, we will start with a stat. That's right, 79% of content marketers say that they are unsuccessful at proving ROI. And before I ask you your opinion on this stat, I just want to remind everybody what ROI really means. And I, I, I recently wrote about it, and there will be some, there will be a link to the post that I wrote on the Oracle Social Spotlight blog. Uh, in the show notes, but reminding everybody that ROI actually means return on investment. And the title of the post was, there's no ROI if you can't count the money. So no matter what you're doing, unless you can actually connect those efforts to dollars earned or dollars saved, there actually is no ROI. So Randy, your, your thoughts on this stat now that we've put it in the risk in the right context of ROI really means it connects the money. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it, it's, it's very sad, but at the same time, I guess it's not surprising. Um, and, you know, when you think about it, I mean, you know, we're still at a very early point in terms of content marketing. And you know, I always say to people that, you know, if you went back even four or five years ago and you asked people the biggest problem with content they would have told us things like content creation. How do I create content? Because we were all telling them, you got to get on the content creation bandwagon. You need to either figure out how to do that internally, or you need to figure out how you're going to buy content and bring it into your organization. And, you know, 
with any new wave, content marketing being a bit of a wave, I think it's one that's here to stay. But, um, you know, we go through a degree of maturity as, as we evolve. So, you know, back then, content marketing was about creation. Now it's becoming more sophisticated. You know, content marketing is about creation. It's about the experience where that lives. It's about how we distribute content. And it's ultimately also about what's working. And having an understanding of what's working. And, and I think it's, it's just a matter of time until we all become held more accountable. I always tell the story of, you know, social media, you know, only about 10 years ago, where at first it was, okay, let's just hire a 22 year old kid, put them at a computer and get them to tweet, post, whatever the verb was. We just needed to have activity. We needed to have a voice. And then over time, solutions like Radiant 6 and eventually Hootsuite and others came to the market to help us understand ROI on social. And I think now we're getting to the point with content where as marketers, we need to be held accountable to that investment. Um, you know, how do you think about it, Jeff? Well, so when we say 20, when we say 79% are unsuccessful at it, that means 21% are successful at proving ROI. And glass half full, glass half full. <laughs> that's right, glass half full. Where, where's the positive, which I'm instantly going to turn into a negative, but if 21% are successful at proving ROI, what that means is that's 21% of content marketers who have actually figured this out. And one of the big challenges about content marketing, a big challenge about lots of the stats that you see about content marketing, they may relate to people doing a lot of work, people kind of creating content and pushing it out across different channels, etc. But so much of the content is not very good. <laughs> and this, this may be a rant for another time. But I, I certainly have identified something that I, I call the content gap. And this ROI stat does speak to it a little bit, which is the companies that are doing content really well are just getting better and better. And the companies that are doing content not very well are just kind of languishing at the bottom and wondering why they can't prove ROI. And it's because they're not actually providing value to their customers. So I, I think with that as our with that as our lead in, we will now introduce Dave from Visible, Dave Vergati. So welcome, Dave, to the Content Pros podcast, and tell us a little bit about what Visible does and what you do from a content perspective over there. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. First of all, I'm excited to be on the podcast, and I've listened to to quite a few of them, and uh, uh, always learn something new. So. Uh, yep, my name is Dave Bergatti. I run the marketing team uh, here at Visible. I've been here about two and a half years, and uh, we're all about making every marketing dollar profitable. That's our, our corporate mission and, and also my mission as a, as a marketing leader. Uh, we make software for B2B companies to measure their, their content and their marketing. Um, so we approach uh, everything that we do with, uh, I'll say, like an extra lens of of data and tying everything back to returns. Uh, and that's really what attribution is all about. And that's what we'll kind of talk a little bit about here today. Um, and in terms of our, of our content team, 
you know, our, our first full con- full time content writer uh, came on as marketing team employee number three. Uh, we're up to uh, four full time content writers now. We're about a fifty five person, nine person marketing team, fifty five person company, nine person marketing team. Uh, so with with four full full time content writers, uh, I often get asked that, "Hey, isn't that a little heavy?" and and I really don't think so at all. Um, I, I love to hire more. Uh, we see a lot of value in education and, and creating content uh, about what we do, and more importantly, the space. So, when you when you talk about attribution, go ahead and and share with our listeners kind of a, a basic definition of attribution. Yeah. So, attribution is all about the the measurement and reporting uh, the effectiveness of your marketing. Um, and it could be as simple as tracking that to leads or getting more advanced and tracking that to uh, the revenue that you're driving. And uh, there's kind of two ways to think about your your attribution. One is measuring everything on kind of what, what's called a single touch basis. So you're applying kind of all of your marketing credit, all of, all of the credit uh, for the marketing team just to one single marketing touch. And the other lens is a multi-touch measurement. So applying um, that, that credit that you've driven, leads, pipeline, opportunity, revenue, um, back to more than one marketing touch. So are, are you seeing or even enabling through your program a lot of brands using multi-touch attribution? Because clear, clearly the one-touch and, in fact, last-touch attribution seems to be the most common model. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're certainly seeing it more and more. And, you know, a, a, attributions really started with B2C. Uh, a lot of marketing systems, technologies, ad networks, methodologies started with B2C. Just there's more budget there. Um, and single-touch measurement of your marketing can work decently well in, in B2C. Um, where that really doesn't work well at all is in B2B, where you have uh, longer sales cycles, oftentimes more than, than one decision maker. And uh, we, we only service B2B market. We're a B2B company ourselves. And uh, just even two years ago, uh, all of our event sponsorships, anytime somebody would come to us, uh, it seems the first question was just, what, what is attribution? Tell me more about that first before you, know, you can tell me about how you can help me. And e- even this year, uh, Matt, it's, it's been incredible. We've had so many people come up to us and say, I, I know what attribution is and, and let's talk about it more. Or, um, you know, and, and quite a bit more people adopting more advanced methodologies for their measurement of their marketing and, um, you know, their content as, as well and, and tying all that back to all of their marketing efforts. Well, so I, I work for an organization that actually has its roots in marketing automation with uh, Eloqua as, as yeah. one of the original programs, part of the Oracle Marketing Cloud. Yeah. And our, our content marketing, I lead content marketing, and our approach is actually all based on driving demand at the top of the funnel, using attribution, using all of our distribution channels like our 
our blog and our social channels and email still drives tremendous amount. So on on your side, when you're actually marketing for visible, for sorry, for visible, what does what does that look like? What is what do your attribution models look like? Yeah, and, and I'll say I'll start with the content lens first. We uh, almost all of the content that we create is, you know, probably ninety percent of it is all education based. Uh, very rarely is there even a product mention. Um, we almost never have never done product screenshots or, or pitches, except maybe in announcements. Uh, so we always approach it from a very education education led perspective. Um, I think there's a attribution is, is a pretty new category and with content, you have a strong opportunity to have a first mover advantage. Um, there's just not a lot of content already out there, uh, on Google and kind of all the other sites. So, um, for you to get great content out first, uh, you know, you, there's a clear first mover advantage there. Um, so we create a lot of education content with the purpose of ranking or organically in Google. And um, so, so we measure all of that on a, on a multi-touch basis. But um, our, our goal is really just to, to educate. Um, and then we get out there through other channels like uh, LinkedIn for, with our account-based marketing, et cetera. But for us, um, it's, it's also very focused on top of the funnel uh, about half of our content is ungated blog content. The other half is is ebooks and sales enablement content that comes um, kind of later in the funnel for us. But uh, we focus a lot at the the top of the funnel, and if we're educating, you know, we're doing our job. So, Dave, I, I want to try and dumb it down for people who are somewhat new to multi multi touch attribution and this whole attribution. And we started off, you know, Jeff talked about that stat of you know the number of people who can't prove ROI. And I think one of the things when you can prove ROI is you're talking about where you can start to attribute those wins and start to tie content or events or activities to the outcomes that we're, we're striving for is that in theory, you can start to better map content to the different stages. So maybe you can, you know, one, then I'm going to put you a bit on the spot here. Hopefully, hopefully you have this sophistication in terms of your approach, but you talked about LinkedIn as a channel that you use, right? And I'm going to assume that on LinkedIn for you, it's probably a lot of awareness or a lot of retargeting to, you know, reignite engagement with your audience. Are you able to go through data of content that helped you lead someone to the final outcome and use that content strategically on LinkedIn? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, well, I, I should say we're, we're of course part of the the twenty one percent that's able to prove the ROI of our content. And uh, actually, this quarter, uh, our our organic efforts with content marketing ha- are paying for for full time content writers. So not only are we able to prove ROI, but it's actually ROI positive now, uh, even with four content writers. And the way we've been able to do that is exactly kind of what you're talking about there, Randy, which is um, adding attribution to to our content. Uh, a, a lot of times when we think about um, marketing performance management and, and measurement, we think about um, how people are getting to your site. What channels are they coming from? 
email, social, uh, Google organic. Um, and, and that's really important, especially for channels where you're investing dollars. Um, you know, you're, you have ads. Um, however, that can also be really important for your content. So um, we don't stop there with our own measurement and tracking. Uh, we actually bring multi-touch attribution to our content. And I'll give you a great example of this. So um, say a prospect is, is coming to learn more about what we do and they visit the blog, but they leave, they don't fill out a form. They come back later, they download an ebook. Okay? So now they're a lead. And then later we send them through nurturing uh, another ebook, and then they become an opportunity and, and buy our product. So they've engaged with three pieces of content. They've had three channels and, and three pieces of content they've interacted with. If they buy, uh, we have a question that we have to answer, which is, how do we tie back that marketing outcome to that content? And we we distribute that credit across all three different pieces of content. Um, and this is this is really kind of what multi-touch measurement is all about. You know, each had their purpose, each drove that person kind of through the funnel. Um, so that's really how we think about it. Um, we, we don't focus just on a, a particular stage. We see a lot of value in bringing content to every stage of the funnel, even after opportunity is created, till all the way to a, to a close. Um, we, we coined this term uh, a couple years ago called pipeline marketing, and it's all about taking a revenue outcome approach to your marketing and your content. And it's something we're really passionate about and something that we, that we focus on a lot. Uh, you know, at the end of the month, if I can't imagine a, a sales leader getting up to their uh, CEO and her saying, "Okay, well, we made this many phone calls, and you know that's you know that's it for sales." Um, you know, Sangram had this this great quote a couple podcasts ago about one percent of leads turning into revenue, and you know, Sangram was talking about um, aligning your targeting better to dr- drive more outcomes. I think you can do that with content as well. Uh, you can blend, blend the targeting in your channels and account-based marketing with, hey, what, what content is resonating and at what stages of the funnel? And when you've done that, you really have a, a pretty honed machine. That's awesome. And, and for reference, for people who are uh, looking to look back at Content Pros podcast, that was the episode with Sangram from Terminus, uh, where we talked about account-based marketing and thinking about how to better attribute and, and nurture people through that journey. And it, it's really interesting, the example you gave. I mean, you know, I think as marketers, we're struggling with this all day. I mean, it's it's not just our content. And I'll give you, you know, Jeff, you know, I'll give you a great example. There was a guy who, uh, you know, a lot of people know I, my company's Uberflip. We were actually a sponsor of Oracle's modern marketing experience. And I engaged with, with a gentleman there from a company, I won't say his name, but then he saw us at another event called Serious Decisions a few weeks later. And I actually took the time to write to him because he brought his, his boss over at Serious Decisions. And I said, you know, which one was more impactful? Was it you know, was it the event at Oracle or was it the event at Serious Decisions? If you could only met us once, where would it have been? And he goes, you know, it's really tough for me to say that. He goes, you know, I got to know you personally at the first event and your company a little bit better. 
then I had the confidence at that next event to bring my boss over and engage with you. And, you know, now I've got this, you know, earmarked to be purchased later in the year. So, you know, it's, it's really tough, as you touched on, Dave, to give that weighting. And I'm wondering, maybe you can give us, I mean, aside from buying visible for our, for our companies, which I'm sure you would tell people to do, what are some hacky ways that people can get started in this multi-attribution game for content in terms of giving the right amount of weight without it being too subjective? Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly tough. Um, You know, the good thing is there's a lot of great content out there about different attribution models because there's so many. Um, I I could rattle off probably ten multi-touch models, and there some might be right for your business, and and some might not be. Um, But yeah, there's there's with with attribution and and content a lot of a lot of marketing. Um, there's always a sort of a, a crawl, walk, run a, approach to um, getting at your company and, and learning and getting more sophisticated. Um, there's a lot you can do with with Google Analytics, Google Analytics, especially if you're B two C, and if if your transaction is happening online, so not in a CRM or you're not brick and mortar. Um, you can actually get pretty advanced with um, tracking individual content pieces to, uh, or at least the URLs, uh, over to the, the outcome of your marketing. Um, and there's a few out-of-the-box models built kind of right into that. So um, they'll let you compare uh, how um, one attribution model might um, kind of look compared to another one and, and how you might make your different decisions. Um, so that's that's always a fantastic way to start. Um, some depending on the marketing automation system you're using, that's that's also um, you know a- attribution is oftentimes kind of built into some of those. Um, so if you're just getting started, that's a, a always a great option. Uh, so you can start to learn and figure out kind of how does attribution play in your organization and um, what changes you need to make to your content and to your marketing to kind of grow faster. So. Um, those are those are two. I think Google Analytics, especially for for ungated content, is uh, you know a fantastic place to start. Uh, that, that's great, Dave. Thanks so much for for adding some more more color to that attribution conversation. One of the sponsors of Content Pros podcast is another Convince and Convert podcast called The Business of Story, hosted by Park Howell. If you want to take your content marketing efforts even further. You've got to focus on the stories of your team, your company, and your vision. With a stellar lineup of storytellers that span all industries from Hollywood to B2B, their insights can help take your business content from meh to wow. Tune in to thebusinessofstory.com. So Dave, I want to go in a, in a bit of different direction. You mentioned the idea of content across the top of the funnel or I'm sorry, across all stages of the funnel. And as, as someone who leads a team that focuses on top of the funnel, as you mentioned, your team does as well, what does bottom of the funnel content look like for you guys? And how do you go about creating it? Because I know personally, I live at the top of the funnel and, and we do the same thing that you do, which is, there's nothing about product. It's all about education. 
And then when someone says, oh, we need some bottom of the funnel content, it's a, it's a challenge for a team that's focused on that top of the funnel type content to sort of re-examine things and say, oh, well, this is what product-based content feels like down at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, it's a, a fantastic question. And uh, I guess we should start with um, how, we have de- how we have defined our funnel um, as it relates to content. Um, so we think about kind of three main pieces to the funnel for our business. Um, one is awareness, um, essentially uh, just the first marketing, marketing interaction that we have with the, the prospect or the account. Uh, the second is um, generating kind of contact information and initial sales interest. Uh, in a B2B sense, you can think about this as leads and opportunities. And then finally, uh, at the bottom of the funnel, um, getting customers and um, you know revenue, which is the goal for, for all of our marketing is to generate business outcomes. So... Once we mapped the the pieces of the funnel, uh, we established then that our content should move people through the funnel. Pretty simple. Um, so all of our content, it, you know, a, a individual blog post, the intention of it isn't to get somebody to buy our product. Its intention is to uh, just create that initial awareness and interest for the category. Um, and then for, and that and that's really blog blog school. So we think about our blog as our top of the funnel content, the middle of the funnel content. So generating leads and opportunities. We think about now gated content. So uh, we think about eBooks. We have you know many fifty page eBooks that we've created. Um, we even we even print physical books and mail them to people. Um, so we don't just think about digital content. We think about, um, physical and and offline content as well. Um, and and that's really the middle of the funnel. So generating new contacts and getting that sort of product interest, uh, started. And then for the bottom of the funnel, so generating, um, generating customers, uh, this one it starts to shift a little bit from our content team to our product marketing team. We have them separated for, for right now. And this is where we think about our sales enablement content. So what content are we creating for our sales team to be successful? Uh, marketing team owns the, the pitch deck. Marketing team owns the one-pagers. Um, and, and the reason for that is we can focus a lot more on and we think a lot more about the education side of things. So, um, you know, if you were to get a demo of visible, it's not all product pitch. It's just certainly more than half of it is, um, education. Um, so we create a lot of, a lot of content deep in the funnel that if you were to go search for, uh, you can never find it. Uh, but it, you know, it's, it, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to, um, drive conversion to customers. So um, if you haven't mapped your content to uh, its goal or uh, its stages in the funnel, I think that's a really fantastic place to start. Uh, that helped us um, identify content gaps, uh, and it also helped us focus our content to a, a shorter-term goal. 
Um, and that was really one of the sort of tipping points for um, us becoming a, a profitable content team. So uh, just a real quick follow-up, and then I'll pass it off to Randy. Can you give me an example of one of those bottom of the funnel pieces that would actually move someone kind of from that that mid stage to to becoming a customer and and I guess is is that something that y- your marketing team works with sales on? Yeah, we we certainly work with sales on all content that's um, where where it lives after an opportunity is created, which is when sales start to engage with the prospect. So we create it with um, with the sales team. Um, these types of content tend to be more product led than education led. Um, a, a, a good example could be about some, like for our products, different attribution models that we have. Um, but instead of just it saying, here's our different attribution models that we offer, uh, you know, providing con- uh, context around that. So, um, why it matters and, and why you might choose one over the other. So it's still educating, um, but towards the bottom of the funnel, it shifts from um, just educating about the space um, to educating about our product, and that, that's the distinction that we've made. So you know, we're we're starting to run low on time. So I thought maybe a nice way to to kind of bring this full circle would to talk would be to talk about some of the learnings that you've had from being able to understand content ROI and how it's adjusted your content strategy, maybe from day one, when you got started, uh, you said that, uh, you know, your third hire was a content person to where you are today. Um, you know, what are uh, maybe one or two key points that you were able to see in the data that ultimately changed the way you create content or distribute content? Yeah, that's an, that's an awesome question. And we certainly, we, we tie every single blog post we do, every single ebook that we do uh, to Salesforce data. So think about leads, opportunities, and customers and, and revenue. And um, a, a lot of times, or, or sometimes you find that um, more leads doesn't always equal more revenue. Um, and, and that's played out a few different ways in our, our content strategy. Um, one is we see tons and tons of value in owning the community. Um, we don't do guest posts. Uh, we would rather have that post live on our blog for kind of long-term effects. Um, I, I think most people on this podcast kind of understand, but uh, it's always a good point to, to bring back is uh, when you're owning the community, uh, you get this compounding effect, this compounding return. Um, that's unlike any other marketing channel. Maybe your brand is the only one that you can say um, has a compounding growth factor to it. Um, So we see just tons of value in in owning the community and creating um, really stellar stellar pieces. Uh, We don't do uh, short little posts just for the sake of of doing posts. None of our content team has um, any production goals. Uh, we have revenue goals uh, for the for the team as a whole. Um, so we're really about chasing pipeline, not page views. And sometimes that means we write posts and create content that we know isn't going to get a lot of eyeballs, um, but we know that it's going to generate good pipeline and, and good revenue for us. And 
um, if, if that's what we want to do at that, that moment in time, that's, that's absolutely the, the right decision to make. I love that idea, Dave, of, of chasing revenue, not page use. That's, that absolutely is the hallmark of an organization that focuses on ROI, and that's great. So we have, we have one final question for you. It's a, it's a fun one, not, not too business-related, uh, unless you were a marketing geek growing up, which most of us were not. Uh, but when you were growing up, what is it that you wanted to be? Yeah, that's, that's a fun question. Um, I grew up in a small town, Ohio, with 2,000 people, and I was always a self-starter entrepreneur. And when I was 16 or maybe 15, I had started, I bought a lawnmower, and I just started mowing uh, some, some of my neighbor's yards. And I was legitimately convinced that uh, I was going to be a landscaper and I had this this like whole plan and how I was going to take over uh, the entire landscaping business. So I think uh, <laughs> when I was younger, I thought I was going to be a, a, a small business owner and definitely not in technology. So yeah, that's where I thought I was going to be, but I, I'm glad I'm in technology because uh, I certainly love it. That's great, Dave. Well, you, you've definitely carried on that entrepreneurial bug in, in what you're tackling and you know, the bit, this big problem of multi-touch attribution. And uh, you know, one, one thing just to encourage people, if you're enjoying listening to some of the guests that we have, uh, there's a great event that my company is throwing at the uh, end of August 2016 in Toronto called the Uberflip Experience. It's going to be all about how content is used through the buyer journey, and as Dave's talked about today, how do we move people through that journey? How do we use content to take you from one step to the next? As Dave talked about it today, we had awareness, and then we moved you on to that engagement stage, ultimately on to the customer stage. How do we take you through there? How do we use content, and how do we touch on things like attribution? Um, if you want, check out uberflip.com experience great event. Uh, if you want to learn more about multi-touch attribution, another place to go to that I'm sure Dave would tell you is Visible's blog, which is at visible.com slash blog. Um, you know, right now I'm looking the first, the first article would be great. Six questions about marketing attribution that you were too embarrassed to ask. You know, this is a, a major thing that we have to think about to Jeff's earlier point in terms of ROI and being able to stand by the content creation that, that we're, uh, you know, that we need to do on a go-forward basis. Thanks so much to everyone for joining us on Content Pros today. Thanks to Dave from Visible, Jeff Cohen, as always, from Oracle Marketing Cloud as my co-host. This has been another episode. You can check out many of the others at contentprospodcast.com. You can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher. When you get there, leave us a review. Let us know what you're enjoying. Let us know what you want to hear more about, and we'll make sure to make Content Pros a great part of your day. Thanks so much and take care. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip, and is produced by Convince and Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts. Podcast imaging by Audio Pig.